Welcome to our Rock City Church podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Our desire is that you would listen with expectancy for what God wants to do in your life. We pray that you would encounter the mighty love of the Father and that you would be fired up for the more that He has for you. We're going to conclude part four of our Light of the World series, and today's title is Light of Life, the Light of Life. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that you give us the light of life, and thank you, God, that uh, no matter what we face, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death we're just walking through, we're not going to stop and set up camp. Thank you, Lord, for comforting us when we need you the most. Thank you for being with Mary during this difficult time and with her family. Thank you that Doug is with you, Lord, in your arms, in heaven, peering over heaven, cheering us on with all of the loved ones that have gone before us. We thank you, God, for uh, coming to this earth and teaching us how to love and live and putting your spirit inside of us to transform us to love, look, act, walk, talk, just like you do. We thank you for that, God. And I thank you for everyone that's here, every need, Lord, that's in this house today, whether it's sickness, whether it's mental frustrations, depression, loneliness, anxiety, fear, worry, or just a desire for more of you, Lord, whatever it is, God, I pray that you would speak to that place and speak to us today in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so the premise of this series has really been on Isaiah chapter nine, verse two. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. This was a prophetic word from Isaiah the prophet 700 years before Jesus would come. And I love this scripture to no end because it really helps us to understand that in our darkest place, God always wants to shine his light and pull us out of it. And I've talked a lot about how God divides the light and the darkness out of our lives. I've talked a lot about how God commands light to come out of darkness when we're in our darkest place, how the spirit of the Lord hovers over us like he did over the earth when it was without void and, or when it was void and chaotic that the Spirit of the Lord always looks to draw you out of the darkness every single time. And today I'm going to talk about one of the main reasons why I believe he does that and how he does that. First, we all have a responsibility to help others see the light and what that light truly represents. So those who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those that live or dwell in the land of the shadow of death, to them the light has shined. So we have a responsibility to reveal and to shine that light on other people's darkness. The problem is, is religion and man-made religion does it in a convoluted way. It's always out to correct and to fix and to judge. And it's always living in a world of right and wrong versus in a world of love. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. When somebody's in a multitude of sins, they're in a multitude of darkness. But how's the, what's the best way for us to pull them out of it? And it doesn't mean that people don't need correction. It doesn't mean that we don't call sin, sin. But to somebody that's living in a world of darkness, your approach and how you love them and shine light on them is so important. A lot of people shine light on people's darkness from a religious standpoint that hurts, destroys, and pushes them away. So we're going to talk a little bit about what the light is here in just a moment and what the light should mean to you. And so when anybody's hurting around you, if anybody's hurting, and we're in a world of hurting people, we have a responsibility to bring light to people's darkness. 
okay? But first it has to happen to you so that God can do it through you. So God's always illuminating things in our own life to make us more like him. I had an encounter a couple years ago in July of 2020 where God began to reveal lots of dark areas in my own life. It was a lack of understanding of his perfect love, a lack of true lordship, a lack of understanding that there were areas in my life he wanted to prune out, subtle areas that I had pride, subtle areas that I wasn't treating my wife right, subtle areas where um, I had fear. And I've been pastoring a really long time and God wrecks me for seven hours and says, you haven't even come close to arriving. Let me show you all these other things. And it was another layer or level of God pulling back the veil so that I could really see areas inside me. And that's really been the theme of this whole series is that God comes to the face of your deep, over the face of the deep, and in the face of your deep, and deep inside your heart, in your spirit, God reveals the areas that we're preserving, we're afraid, we're ashamed, we're hiding, we're protecting, we're scheming. We're, so many of us always have a plan, right? I call it a scheme. You may not have a bad intent, but we always have a plan. But God has a better plan. And the Bible says that, that man plans this way, but God directs his steps. And so we want God to light our path. We want his word to be a lamp unto our feet. And then we also want that lamp inside of us burning bright. So we all have a responsibility to help others to see the light. Everyone that's in darkness doesn't know Jesus. And anyone that doesn't know Jesus is in darkness. Now, I know that that can be a really hard statement for some people. The challenge is, is a lot of people think they know Jesus, but they don't really know the Jesus that I know or who the Bible declares he is. A God that's merciful and gracious and long-suffering and kind, that's always stretching out his arm towards you all day long, that always desires to rescue you and heal you so that you can go rescue and heal other people. It's the mission that Jesus brought. So everybody needs Jesus. But how we bring Jesus and bring the light to other people is so vitally important. And if you don't have his true nature and character on the inside and his true heartbeat with love and compassion for other people, you're never gonna accurately reflect him. So one of the biggest things we're gonna talk about today is mercy. Because mercy is what pulls you out of darkness every single time. So notice that, that in Isaiah 9, 2, the scripture is to people that are dwelling and walking in the land of the shadow of death. Now, we've hit a lot of dynamics of what darkness and the shadow of death are in this series. But I just want to remind you of a few of them. Suicide is always right at the top. Hopelessness, loneliness, sickness, fear, worry, anxiety, depression, doubt, which then leads to addiction which then leads to pill and pills and alcohol and drugs. It's these root systems of dissatisfaction and a lack or an absence of love and an absence of identity that causes us to run to other things because we're hurting. Or in many cases, I wasn't really hurting that I knew of in high school, but I was surrounded by peers and friends where that was the norm. And once I gave into that, there was no turning back, but I didn't know any other way. So I was very naive. I was super ignorant. And the only Christians that I knew and saw were super preppy, arrogant, prideful, 
they weren't people that I wanted to be around, right? And I never really saw Jesus for who he really was, nor did I really see why I had a need, though I did have a huge need. Because deep inside my heart, I had abandonment issues because my blood father left me when I was one. I had neglect issues. I was born out of wedlock. I was left at a babysitter's for the first five years of my life while my mom worked two jobs. I then lived with uh, my, my mom and who I consider my dad. They never actually got married for another six years. Playboy magazines all over the house. And it was just a constant barragement of the things of this world with godlessness everywhere around me or an absence of the Lord. And so in turn, I was in in a huge world of darkness because I couldn't see the light. I couldn't see Jesus for who he really was. But worse than that, no one ever showed me who he really was. No one ever really helped me to understand that God was merciful and loving and kind and why I could never do it in my own strength. That he would come to renew my mind and give me a a new understanding on the purpose and the the call of God on my life. And so everything starts with the light shining upon you and you seeing the light. Look at the prophetic declaration. Those who walk in darkness or sit in darkness see a great light. It comes, so first you have to see it. It removes blinders. Darkness is blindness. Darkness means I can't see. Darkness is I don't see clearly. Darkness is shadiness. And God wants to blow that shadiness away. So there's something that's very important for us all to understand is that when the light shines upon us and you see it, you have to say yes to it. Everybody's not saved and they just don't know it. We're not a universalist church. I believe that everybody has to respond by saying yes. But if you say yes authentically in your heart, you're in. It's not that complicated. We way overcomplicate it. God loves your yes if you mean it. God loves your cry for help if you mean it. The way I first got saved, I know when God saved me. I wasn't in a church or in an altar call. I was laying in a fetal position after Hurricane Andrew wiped out my apartment and I had been busted for drugs facing a felony charge in Ohio. And I'd gotten high as a kite and I was miserable. Normally it'd be a great thing, but this time I was like, man, I was high in hell. That's what it felt like. I'd never had that encounter before. It's like God flipped the table on me in my head. And so now I'm living in a condemned apartment in South Miami, Florida after Hurricane Andrew. Walls caved in. It was, it was total destruction. 300,000 people were homeless and I was right in the epicenter. I'd been buried alive in the house while the hurricane hit. It was devastating. And I wanted so desperately to cry out for help, but I didn't know who to cry out to until it got worse. And then it got worse. When it rained, it poured and it poured. And I will tell you what, this is the difference. It rained and poured then, it rains and pours now in many times in my life. But the difference is my house is now on a rock, not on the sand. The, the, the wind and the rain beats on everybody's house, folks. I'm not immune to it, neither are you. We all fight the same fight. But one house stands and one house falls. I've experienced more hardship post giving my life to Jesus. I've made more mistakes after I gave my life to Jesus so that God could teach me something so powerful and it was his mercy. 
If it wasn't for God's mercy, you'd all be wiped out. If it wasn't for God's mercy, it's over. So you have to say yes to that light and no to the darkness. And when you say yes, you get your lamp lit. You get your lamp lit. So let's talk about getting your lamp lit. Psalm 18, verse 28. For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. See, pride comes in when you think you don't have any darkness inside of you. And I understand the scripture that light and darkness cannot dwell together. So what what does the Holy Spirit do? He keeps pushing out the darkness. But the heart left to itself is deceitfully wicked. And pride and arrogance and religious haughtiness comes in when you think you've got it all together. I would say that I'm a million times better than I once was and every day I grow a little bit stronger and I don't do the things that I once did. But how dare any of us fall into a place of pride of thinking that you've got it all figured out, which then causes you to look down upon others. And we talk about mercy, think about the two people that went into the temple to pray. You had the Pharisee that did everything right and thank God that he was in such a good place. You had the tax collector beating his chest, calling out for mercy and God and looking down on. See, it's, it's one thing to come and say, thank you, God, I rejoice. You have helped me to overcome. Thank you that my life's healthy, my family's in order. God, I worship you and I praise you. But the Pharisee said, and thank you that I'm not like Because pride always leads you to comparison. Always. It causes you to be skeptical. It causes you to be apathetic. You're questioning everything. Everything's through a microscope. I don't mind if you question my life, and your life should be able to be questioned too. You know a tree by its fruit, but you've got to look from the eyes of love. You're comparing spiritual to spiritual, not flesh to spiritual or spiritual to flesh. So I'm looking at who you are. I'm looking at what the Lord says. It'd be easy to pick everybody apart. Faces don't lie. Facebooks don't lie. Well, maybe they do. (laughs) Facebooks lie. But the truth is, hang around somebody long enough and inspect their world and ask them questions according to God's standard, and you can pretty quickly find out what fruit's in their life, can't you? But God doesn't call us to be God cops. He calls us to be mothers and fathers. And mothers and fathers love their children well enough to say, to inspect them with love for their better. That's why we need mothers and fathers in this house reproducing sons and daughters who become mothers and fathers. That's how the kingdom expands. Right? So God will light our lamp. The Lord God will enlighten Your darkness. I love that. Enlighten my darkness. Man, that's an awesome prayer to pray. But how does God do it? Well, first we have to see that when God enlightens your darkness, he opens your eyes to see out. And it reveals so that God can heal. Remember, God reveals so that he can heal. So when the light comes to the darkness, it's God shining. That's why David said, test me. Know me, search me, and see if there's any anxious way inside of me. Because we all can fall prey to anxiety, right? We can all fall prey. Maybe that's the least, man, I'm feeling anxious about. I may not necessarily be depressed because I don't, I don't battle depression. So every now and then it might knock on my door, but 
I've never really battled it. Now, anxiety at times where I get anxious, and what's the first thing you do when you get anxious? You try to fix it. You try to take it into your own hands and do it your own way. Then you come up with the scheme. Then you come up with the plan. Then you start working angles. That's the type of stuff God was showing me in my business, in my home, with my wife, with my, my family. And there was all these ways that God was shining light. So let me show you this, this, this. And then I just started crying for seven hours because I didn't even know that stuff was there. That's the beautiful thing about the light and lightening your darkness is because it's a blind spot. You don't even know that it's there, so you need somebody to come. Well, first we need the Lord to say, hey, it's much better when it's the Lord, but sometimes God uses other people to invade your space because he's not going to let you go it alone. He's not going to let you go it alone, folks, because our natural tendency in darkness is to hide. Think about it. Darkness and hiding are synonymous. So So let's talk about lighting your lamp. For a moment. Light on the inside produces life on the outside. Light on the inside produces life on the outside. So what is your lamp? Your lamp is your spirit. It's not your soul. And your lamp is lit when you're born again. Everybody say, light my lamp. Now, it's not light my fire. It's not Jim Morrison. This is light my lamp the right way. So God ignites you. Now the Bible, I could do a whole lamp lighter series, a whole nother series. And I thought about it called lamp lighter. Okay, because this whole concept of the lamps and the oil, the 10 virgins, five foolish, five wise, the whole concept of keeping your your lamp full of oil, burning bright, replenishing. I love talking about that. The wick of your heart. Your heart is a wick. It needs to be trimmed. So God circumcises continuously. That's why we say, circumcise my heart. It's not a one and done. It's a constant circumcision. That's why you need intimacy. That's why you're in process. That's why you should never look down on somebody that gave their life to the Lord and should know better. You should know better. And then we judge and condemn them. When the truth is there's stuff in your own life you should know better. So Proverbs 20, verse 27, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of the heart. So the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. But if the Lord's not inside and you're not born again, your lamp's out. You got a burned out lamp. Or maybe some of you came to the Lord and over time, lack of intimacy, lack of fervency, lack of praying and walking in the spirit, your lamp, your wick starts to smolder. And you know what God says about a smoldering wick? He ain't going to snuff you out. He says, oh, you got a smoldering wick? What does he do to reignite the wick of your heart? He breathes his breath. That's why rooted in the word voice of God or sound of God is the exact word for telephone. It's phone. It's a distinct sound that ignites you. That's why there's no spiritual voicemail. You don't send God's word to voicemail, I'll read it later, but most of us do. Well, maybe not most of us, a lot of us do. We're sending God's word to voicemail, and every day, he's got, it's like you got 10,000 voicemails from God, and then you're saying, God, I never hear, speak to me, God. He's like, check your voicemail. That's a prophetic word for some of y'all right there. That was not in my notes, but that's a good analogy. 
So, so the spirit of the man is a lamp of the Lord searching. So what happens when your lamp gets lit? Now the light first searches on the inside. Look at the scripture. This is, this is incredible. So now God's light is always shining bright in you to reveal, to heal. The challenge is, is when it gets revealed to so many of you, you combust. I don't like what's being revealed. Drink it up, toke it up, snort it up, sleep it up, party it up, or wallow in a pity party or victim mentality or depression or anxiety. And nowadays, I mean, I've, I'm so glad that I finally figured this out. I'm like, oh, you're manifesting? All right. <laughs> now, now what are you gonna do about that? Like when people, that's the beauty of confession. Think about confession for a minute. The beauty of confession is, is what was hidden now comes to the light. That's why James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another so that you can be healed. What heals it? Not only forgiveness, but the fact that it's not hidden anymore. That's why we always say, if you just tell on yourself, the devil has nothing to say. It's already in the light. So I started throwing up and confessing stuff to my wife for nine weeks. Just confessing to you, to the church. Because I don't want, I didn't want it anymore. It's like I have some issues with some people right now. I know that I do. None of y'all. This is not you guys. No, these are other people that I know. More, uh, they're, they're, no, I'm not going to say their names. Heck no, heck no. Wow, you would love me to do that. That's such a Mark thing right there. Just get it out, bro. Just get it out. Confe- Pastor confession right now. Here we go. But I have these issues that God has said, You're, I don't want you to talk to these. They don't live here. I don't want you to talk to them on the phone. Or write an email. Or send a text. Like so many of us do. You know why? Because text and email... It's not a real conversation. And even phone is limited because so much communication is in body language. And I want to tell them straight to their face. Look, I got an issue and I I may be wrong. And I'm going to say it with a smile because I'm not offended. I just know they're there. And I might not be right in my thinking. Imagine if you started living that way. That's why you got to take all your issues to Jesus because Jesus will start to reveal to you. He's like, "Uh, yeah, but they they don't see it they're deceived so they don't see it. Or maybe you're deceived and you don't see it. Because I can already tell you one of these guys that I have issues with probably has no idea that I have these issues. Zero. And I'll bet you anything when I bring up my issues, this person's going to say, dude, I had no idea. Man, I never meant it that way. That, that was never my heart. I'm going to go, I know, man. That's why I had to get it out. And then we're going to hug and make up and move forward as if it never happened. Because I, you don't have to protect your offenses. You need to get them healed. This has helped my conversation with my wife a lot because many times I'll just say, okay, I may be wrong in this. It's a great way to preface your offense. And then my wife's like, yeah, you're wrong. Like every time. God reveals it to heal it. Psalm 139, verse 11 and 12. If I say, this is so good. You guys are gonna love this. If I say, and guess what? You have said. (laughs) 
Am I right? It's like if I say. Really what, what David should have said, when I say. Because there are times that you feel like darkness is going to overtake you, doesn't it? The, all the world's caving in. Death, finances, relational stuff, pressures, responsibilities, it's massive. And you may not say it out of your mouth, but you think it in your heart. And it's affecting how you live in the darkness. Instead of bringing light and allowing Jesus to show you what he wants to show you, you're letting the darkness consume you. But when you give your life to Jesus, there's this powerful thing that happens. Even if you say, surely the darkness is gonna fall on you. Even the night shall be light about me. Verse 12, indeed the darkness shall not hide from you, from the Lord. Darkness can't hide from the Lord. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to him. Which means darkness doesn't stand a chance. So why do we give it a chance? You may feel it, but you got to stop trusting your feelings. Our emotions lie. And you know what I've learned is I've started to feel, sometimes I feel like massive amounts of weights are caving in on me. And I feel like darkness is, is going to overtake me. And I hear the Lord say, just hang on, son. I was talking with Mark about worship a while back. He was leading and he felt like this massive demonic attack and weight on him and darkness that was coming on him. But it wasn't anything that he could pinpoint or think that he had done. Or he didn't even understand it. And I said, oh, that's normal in this position. It's normal. The more responsibility God gives you, a lot of times you feel like the weights are caving in on you, which then causes you to feel weak. And you know what God says about weakness? It's all about your perspective, folks. It's like, oh, I'm man, I'm, I'm really weak. Oh, darkness is light to me, says the Lord. In your weakness, my strength is made perfect or my grace is sufficient. Study the word sufficient. Go do a word study tonight on sufficient. It'll rock your world. It means it lacks nothing. It has everything it needs. God doesn't need anything extra to take care of you. In fact, everything is inside of his grace. His empowerment, his influence, his ability. It's his ability, not yours anyway. So are you really weak right now? You're right where God wants you. But the world says, be strong. Darkness doesn't phase God nor can it hide anything from him. Notice, even the night shall be light about us. Even the night shall be light. So that's why you don't even have to worry in the night. Night times are, can be the hardest times, can't they? But it's all because of his mercy. And remember, because I'm going to show you this point, I'm going to keep saying this. It's all because of his mercy that the night becomes light. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who what? <laughs> who called you out. He calls you out and he's always calling you by name. Many times I hear God whisper my name and he says, I'm calling you out. Come out. Come, I command you. He commands light out of darkness. So he commands you out of darkness into what? His dim light, his halfway light, his flickering light. No, his marvelous light. You know what marvelous means? It's awesome. Woo! It means extremely good, extraordinary, 
splendid, causing you to wonder with magnificence. That's why I would say if you lose your wonder, you lose your hunger. You, many of you wonder why you're not hungry. You have no wonder. You're not fascinated by the things of God. And I'm constantly fascinated by what God does and who he is. And in those moments of overwhelming weights and pressures and struggles and questions, I learned to stand on his word and trust God and get my hands up and hang on. And I told Mark, I said, Mark, hang on. I said, sometimes in those moments, I'll be in massive spiritual warfare around me. And I feel like I get vertigo. And the, the room starts to spin. It's so overwhelming. And God says, grab onto me, son. Grab onto my rod and my staff. It'll pass. And I told him, I said, oh, that's normal. It comes in wave upon wave. It's like the country song. Yeah, I like that song too. Wave upon wave. Because the truth is, is I've been doing this long enough that one minute I feel like I'm drowning. The next minute I feel like I caught the best wave I could ever catch. I'm surfing like a champ and I don't even surf. But I imagine myself surfing. (laughs) Now notice this. He calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light. But notice there's a semicolon here. Okay, let's pull the scripture back up. This scripture's not done. You only got half of it. It's 1 Peter 2.10. You only got half of it. Here's who you are. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special people so that you can praise him. Y'all should always be praising him. I don't care what you're going through. Get your hands up. Let me tell you something. I've been around the block as much as many of y'all. And I get my hands up because he made me into something by calling me out of something. So he calls you out of something into something, out of darkness into his marvelous light. And now here's who you are. You're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a holy nation. I'd love to teach on those things, but I'm going to go to verse 10. Because this scripture goes on. Why? Because you were once not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now obtained mercy. So why are you the things that God's called you to be? Because of his mercy. You You were at one time without mercy. You were not a people of God, but you have mercy now. You don't give yourself enough mercy, and you especially... It's got to stop listening to the devil because he will not give you any mercy. Because he always wants you to feel condemned. So this mercy thing, you got to grab onto this. Because if God has mercy on you, you better have mercy on everyone else around you. There's people that have ripped me new ones up and down and treated me terribly and said things they should never say. And I just keep giving them mercy and love. My daughter last night, there was a little situation and she says, that's not fair. And she was mad all the way to bed. It's not fair. It's not fair. So we had to have a little talk about fair. I said, sweetie, life is not fair. And just because somebody doesn't treat you fairly doesn't mean you treat them the way they treated you. People treat me poorly a lot of times. People that I love leave the church that I was super close to. They got offended. Or I, maybe I made a mistake and they left, which can happen. People that I've loved that have said things about me behind my back that I found out elsewhere. People complain when our hearts are pure. And you know what? I still love them. 
And when they walk back in this church, I hug them as if it never happened. Because I can't, if I held grudges, I'd be a mean pastor. You got to understand mercy. You were once not a people, but now you are a people and you have mercy. So now take it and give it. So what gets you out of darkness? Mercy. What is mercy? It's compassion on the afflicted and needy with an intent to relieve suffering, especially when you didn't earn it or deserve it. You don't deserve mercy. God has compassion and kindness and forgiveness on you. And what what happens is, is we need mercy when we're suffering and afflicted, whether we know it or not. Because you don't always know it. People think they're good and they're not good. No one's good. So for the sake of time, I'm going to summarize a couple scriptures because I don't have time to read them in this service. But listen to this point. It's the mercy of God that rescues you out of darkness and reveals the true love and character of God to us and to others. There's three stories in the New Testament concerning the life of Jesus that show the most beautiful picture of mercy, which is God coming to pull people out of darkness and having mercy upon them. The first one is the woman caught in adultery. The woman caught in adultery is an incredible story because the Pharisees were coming to condemn her and to test Jesus. It was a test, which by the way, let me say this. Mercy will always test you. The Pharisees came to test Jesus, but Jesus was facing another kind of test. And that was the test of mercy. So the Pharisees came to condemn her because of what the law says. So Jesus doesn't even, he ignores what they're saying, gets down and writes something in the ground. Then he stands up and he says, I'd love to show this scene from The Chosen, but we don't have time for that. But if you haven't seen it, you should see it. And um, uh, he says, he who's without sin, let him cast the first stone. Then he gets down and he writes down in the sand again. One by one, they drop their rocks and they leave. And then he says to the woman, where did all your accusers go? Isn't there anybody here to condemn you? She says, no. And then he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then he concludes with verse 12. This is uh, John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life, the foes of Zoe. That's what that is. It's the foes, foe is light. Fire, it's rooted in his voice, phone. In God's word and breath is fire that ignites you. What happened when the Holy Spirit fell on Pentecost? Divided tongues of fire. A new language, a new fire on the inside, a new lit lamp that transforms you on the inside. So that now when you catch, when somebody comes to me and I caught this woman doing that. The funny thing is, is, the Pharisees, the difference between the Pharisees and the adulterous woman, one was caught, one was not caught. So what did Jesus do? He caught them. And I love the fact that he wrote it in the earth. Because, you know, I love the whole concept of your heart being like the earth. So instead of words, he wrote down and he wrote in the ground. And he probably wrote out. I, who know, no one knows what he wrote. But I bet you he wrote names of people, situations, places, circumstances, and he hit them all, and they all dropped their rocks and left. 
So now the ones that were trying to condemn that were already condemned had to leave. See, the condemned condemn others. Right. You know this the saying, uh, hurting people hurt people? Yeah. Condemned people condemn people. Right. You should never, ever feel condemned around me. We cannot agree on stuff. You could blow it up, vomit, and cuss me to my face, and I'm still going to love you the same because I make the choice of how I'm going to respond to you. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt sometimes. So the, the condemned religious leaders were trying to condemn the woman caught in adultery. So Jesus called him out. That's right. So who got mercy? They all needed mercy. Right. Right. One yes. got it and one didn't. Yes. How about, how about the, the uh, man that was blind from birth in John chapter nine? Certainly the parents had to have sinned. Who sinned, Jesus? The mom and dad or the fifth generation back or did this man sin? Because we automatically assume or people can automatically assume because you're suffering and being afflicted, you must have done something wrong, which is a crock of crap. <laughs> Let me just tell you right now. Write that down. It's a crock of crap. I should title a message called a crock of crap. So you know what Jesus said? He said this awesome thing in verse three. He said, no one. His parents didn't sin, but, but actually that the works of God would be revealed to him. So who did the works of God need to be revealed to? The blind man. He was in darkness. God wanted to reveal himself to him in his darkness. So what did he do? He spits in the ground, makes mud and rubs it in his eyes. Again, in the earth, and the word and the breath and the saliva of God into the ground, in the eyes, opened up his eyes so he could see. And Jesus says in verse four, I have to work the works of him who sent me while it's day. The night is coming when no one can work. Look, Jesus is saying, I'm a day worker, not a night worker. Now, God does work the night shift, by the way. I just want you to know. But he's, this is a, 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 a point of saying, I work in the light because I'm in the light. I am the light. And if you're in the darkness, I'm going to work even there. But the day's coming when the, the night is going to overtake everyone. It's coming. So get in the light now. And notice what he says in verse 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Guess what? Jesus is still in the world. Where is he? That's how come you become light. And I don't have time to talk about blind Bartimaeus who cries out, son of David, have mercy on me. And then the religious leaders are like, shh, shut up. Don't mess with the rabbi. Don't bother him, you little blind peasant. And what did he do? He screamed out for what? And then Jesus stops and goes and heals him. And I'll conclude with the scripture, John chapter one, verse four. I love this scripture. I have this scripture memorized. You should all have this scripture memorized. It's an easy scripture memorization. John chapter one, verse four. In him is life, and that light, life is the light of men. You can't produce your own light. You can't hype it. You can't fake it. You can't drug it, you can't drink it, you can't, more intellectual, more school, none of that's gonna do it. 
The only way that we can become light is to have Jesus's life on the inside. And look at verse five. I love this next part. In verse five, it says that the light overcomes the darkness. The darkness can't comprehend the light. Darkness can never defeat light. All you need is God to speak his word, shine his light, and then you need to see it. It shines in the darkness and the darkness can't comprehend it. So today, if you need rescuing, just be honest. The great news is you always have Jesus. And I think there's always a lot of fear of it. Well, if people really knew or if I told them or I don't feel safe to confess. <clears throat> well, first off, you have to confess with the desire to change. You can't just like, man, let me confess it and I'm gonna do it to you again. Just turn around, I'll stab you right in the back. We confess it not for the other person's sake, but for your sake and to get healing from Jesus. So if you're angry, offended, hurt, you need rescuing. That's what mercy is. Mercy rescues you out of darkness. And there's not one person in this room that doesn't need mercy. I don't care how long you've been going to church or how smart you think you are. I need mercy every day. That's why his mercies are new every morning. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you want to partner with us in what God is doing here at Rock City, you can give by visiting our website at rockcitycorpus.com slash give.